0: Howdy, and welcome to Forte Catholic, the first show of all time, all live on the air. We are here in the Red Sea Radio headquarters in St. Mary's in College Station. It is a great day today. My name is Taylor Schroll. I want to welcome you to this show, to Forte Catholic. Uh, It's a very special day today. Today is National Taco Day. So on my way over here, I stopped by Mad Taco, shameless plug for Mad Taco. Uh, And I I got myself a a Caribbean jerk taco. Um, If I was Caribbean, that's what people might call me. It's also a very special day because it's St. Francis's Feast Day. Uh, St. Francis is a a, a good friend of mine. Um, I went to a university named after him. I'm very um, excited to be starting my show on the same day that we celebrate his feast. It's also 81 days until Christmas, but I know I didn't have to tell you that because I know that you are all counting. It's a very special day today as well because it is the first Forte Catholic Show live with me, your host, Taylor Stroll. Uh, This is a dream come true for me. I've wanted to be on the air for a very, very long time. Um, I I did an internship in radio uh, about five, six years ago where I just make commercials and uh, all, all those sorts of things. But um, it started maybe about a year ago, um, about nine months ago, I started coming and um, banging on the door Red Sea Radio and said, hey, you should give me a show. They're like, okay. <laughs> it took them a while, but we, we got to it um, and it worked out just perfectly. So I'm very excited to be here, very excited to be on radio. So we're just going to kick off today. Um, our, our topic for the day is going to be spiritual warfare. Uh, so I just want to tell you about a few battles that I've been in the past uh, past, past week or so. Um, first and foremost, uh, two fantasy football leagues that I'm in, I uh, play with a, a few friends, some, some coworkers, uh, my wife plays with me. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, over the first three weeks in my leagues, I, I won every single game. And, uh, for a man that struggles with pride, you have to just know that my, my brain was just swelling and swelling and swelling. So we, we went into week four and I won the one league and then I lost, to one of my uh, co-workers. So I finally lost my first fantasy uh, game. So that was the first battle I was in. The second battle that I was in happened about seven minutes ago. So uh, we were getting ready for the show. Everything was perfectly ready. Um, We had everything loaded in. We had all our apps ready to go, all of our production ready to go. And then you a good seven minutes before the show started, everything (laughs) crashed. So the app on my iPad that we run all of our sound through didn't work. Uh, we were just having to kind of uh, get things going, and of course it didn't work. Um, we got the opening music to start playing four seconds before the show started, uh, so it was, it was quite a battle there. Um, another one is, uh, the, the big one uh, was last week, so I was traveling, I was going to speak and lead worship for uh, the Diocesan Youth Conference in the Diocese of Sioux City in Iowa. So I started the day off right here in Bryan, Bryan College Station, Texas. Um, my family and I have a, a wife and two little kids. Uh, Christopher is three and a half. Maggie is one and a half. And my wife is, uh, I'm not supposed to say her age out loud. So you can figure that out on your own if, with some simple math. But uh, we started here. We took a two-and-a-half-hour drive, three-hour drive or so to San Antonio for one of my good friends' wedding. Uh, we was, it was very nice to be there. Two of my friends from, uh, from college married each other, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun just to, to be able to participate in that sacrament with them and also just to be around a lot of friends that I hadn't seen in a very long time. So I, the deal was that I was going to go to the wedding at 2 I had a flight leaving San Antonio on on my flight itinerary going to Iowa at 4.30. So I was a little worried that I was going to be late. But the good news, at least I thought it was good news at first, was that it was raining. So my flight got delayed. And I was like, okay, cool. My flight got delayed about 20 minutes. So I knew I didn't have to be in a rush from the church to go to, um, to the airport. So my wife drops me off at the airport. I walk in. I go through TSA. For some reason, they let me through. And I, I get in and they're like, okay, it's still delayed. I'm like, okay, no problem. It'll be fine. I do have a connecting flight um, that I need to hit that was going from Houston to um, Omaha, Nebraska, where I'd be picked up to go um, into Iowa. Well, our plane ended up being delayed about two and a half hours. So I'm sitting in San Antonio still while all my friends are right down the road celebrating my friend's uh, wedding. So I'm just sitting there in the airport. Uh, we finally get on the plane, um, and we start, we start flying to Houston. And what happens is, you, you know, if you've ever been on a, on a flight that has its flight itinerary, um, kind of its flight path, I was watching that on the screen in front of me. And instead of going, you know, from San Antonio to Dallas, which is mostly north and a little bit to the east, we flew directly um, to Houston, and then we flew over Houston And then went all the way around Texas to where we were almost in Louisiana. And then we landed, we finally landed in Dallas. But, um, of course, before landing in Dallas, we had to do a few circles around the airport. So we land in Dallas... And I, ha- I have you know, missed my connecting flight to o- Omaha, Nebraska by a couple of hours. So I'm like, okay, we have to get this going. So I, I run into um, the airport, and, I, and I'm been lo- I pull out my phone um, right whenever we land. and I'm trying to find another flight. Okay, there's no more flights to Omaha. So I'm like, okay, ma- wait, maybe there's a flight to Sioux City. Nope, no flight to Sioux City. Okay, maybe Sioux Falls. These are all the airports that were close to where I was trying to get to. I'm texting the guy who' was leading this conference, and he's like, "Okay, well, the next nearest airport is in Des Moines, Iowa. I always thought it was pronounced Desmondez, but I'm an idiot. So uh, we were going to Des Moines, and I looked at my at my phone, and it was a few minutes before eight. There was a flight leaving at eight thirty six from Dallas, where I was to Des Moines, and i had worked it out that somebody would dr- drive the three and a half hours from where they were to Des Moines to bring me to uh, the conference the next day. So I go, and they're like, okay, you need to go get your flight changed at the, at the guest services area. So I go to the guest services area, area, having a little more than 30 minutes to get this new flight. And of course, there's a 17-hour line at the customer service desk. But So I stand in the line. It literally takes about 40 minutes or so. The flight, I have six minutes from when I am talking to the guest services person until that flight leaves. So I'm like, hello, sir. I have it pulled up on my app. I'm like, I want this flight. Um, I'm switching flights from this flight to this flight. Please get me on this flight. He says, sorry, I can't do that. It's in six minutes. I was like, you don't understand, sir. I have to get on this flight because I had to speak the next morning. He's like, okay, sprint (laughs) he tells me to sprint across the airport if you've ever been to the dallas airport it is massive and i literally had to go from one side of the airport to the other so i'm sprinting i have six minutes to get there i have my guitar in my hand i have my backpack on and I ran track in college, but I've put on a few pounds since then. So it had to be a really funny thing to see, like, me sprinting through the airport. And the greatest thing, I turn the corner so I get to the terminal where I was supposed to be. And the la- there's, like, seven of, of the, the flight attendants standing there. And they're like, oh, are you Taylor? Like, no, I'm the other crazy person sprinting across the airport. Of course I'm Taylor. So they let me on the plane. I get on the plane. We're delayed another two hours, of course. And then we have a nice little flight, and we're going to... Des Moines. Well, you know, I thought things were going well. Then we get to Des Moines and there's literally a lightning storm happening outside of our plane. (laughs) So we're sitting on this airplane wondering if we're the characters from Lost and we're going to end up on some island somewhere. But they finally get us to land after a few circles in the air, which I didn't understand. Like if you're in a metal plane in the middle of a lightning storm, the first place I want to get to is the ground but they just had to spin around and fly around in circles a few times. So we finally land. It's around midnight. I get picked up around 1 o'clock. We drive about halfway there. I finally get into my hotel room at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I have to wake up at 6 to go speak at this conference. Um, So I wake up, and, oh, the other thing I forgot to mention was when I got to Des Moines, they didn't have my luggage. So all of my clothes, all of my merchandise, everything – was still on the tarmac in Dallas, and I was in Des Moines, Iowa. That's, that tends to be a problem. So we have three hours to sleep. We wake up the next morning. We go to Walmart. I buy an entire wardrobe from feet to head um, that I'm going to go speak at this conference in. Um, so I, we, we got all that done. We drive to the church. I get to the church, and I'm, okay, you know what? This has all been stressful, but let's do this. And I open up my guitar case to play the first song and my guitar had cracked (laughs) on the flight. So it was kind of a rough day, but um, the kind of reason I bring this up is because a lot of times when we have um, things happen like this, whenever we're doing things for God or we're trying to do good things, the evil one doesn't like that. And he's going to put things in in our way to try to to take away our joy, take away our focus, take away um, the point of why we're doing something. So What was really cool about it was that I I walk in and, like, the the team already kind of knew what had been going on with the other speaker? Um, my good friend Gina Bauer was there and she had been up all night. I found out that morning she had been up all night until I fell asleep praying for me. So thanks, Gina. And uh, so we, we all kind of knew what was going on and everybody collectively knew you know what? This is going to be a great day <laughs> because if there was this much um, like havoc wreaked the day before the conference of, of me trying to get there, that something that God had something special. For me, he had something special for those young people. He had something special for that conference. So we go through the conference, and the day goes amazing. And what's really awesome is that the bishop told us the next day that that was the best youth conference that he has seen in that diocese. He's been there for 10 years. And so it was this awesome experience and this terrible experience all at the same time. But God wants to— like walk with us in those times and, and to give us, um, t- to help us to keep our joy, to keep our focus, because ultimately I was there for these young people, and, and I was able to tell this story to these young people and, and tell them, like, look, this is what's going on, and, and this is what God has in store for you, and we had a fantastic day. So that's kind of the end of that story, but then um, I get back, and I am actually here in this studio doing our, our last little... Um, test show, kind of our last little run before we start uh, the, the first live show today. And, you know, we had pretty much finished, and I, um, I, we had about a minute left, and I saw a call from my wife, and I just kind of clicked it away. I was like, okay, I'll call her in about in a minute or two whenever I finish this conversation, and I was walking out. So about a minute later, I walk outside, and I call her, and I hear her, and she's crying, and I hear my, my, my little daughter, Maggie, in the back just screaming her lungs out. I'm like, okay, what happened? And you know, I come to find out that my that my son and my daughter were were like uh, wrestling over a bowl of grapes. And my son let go of that bowl of grapes, and my my daughter who was sitting on a chair um continued to hold on to that bowl of grapes and she went flying from the force of him letting go and she ended up uh cracking her elbow so she broke her arm so she's actually you know in a cute little pink cast now she's doing great uh you don't have, she's smiling she's still herself i think and she likes like hitting me with her cast i think she's actually enjoying this whole experience but um i was actually here and in the process of, like, dealing with my claim of, like, you know, my broken guitar from from the airline, all at the same time. So <laughs> not only leading up to this great experience, but coming from this great experience where I did experience joy and happiness and, like, I knew that God did something good. Like, here's another thing that, that just pops up to try to steal my joy, steal my focus, and to stress me out. Um, but still, there was this all week, there was just this... This calm in me that if you know me you know that I'm not the most calm person in the entire world but all week I just had this like special sense of calm that like no matter what was going on I was like okay like how are we gonna deal with this and and it was just it was just a really amazing week despite all of the bad things that were happening so um, sometimes when these when these things happen and like you can say like okay these are just natural things these are things that just happen um, bad things that just naturally happen but. Um, so often, the spiritual warfare, these spiritual battles, um, happen around the times when we're trying to do good, when we're trying to increase our prayer life, when we're trying to go to mass and your kids aren't getting ready fast enough and then there's a football game on and you can't make this decision, like this is when the spiritual battle um, just kind of rears its head. So uh, I just want to kind of start off the day just asking, like, do you ever think about yourself being engaged in spiritual warfare? and i think for the most part um we hear the word spiritual warfare and we think about like like movies in hollywood and these exorcisms and heads turning uh, her turning around 360 degrees we have a lot of people on our staff where i work that love scary movies and i absolutely cannot stand them um but what's interesting is that like spiritual warfare like while that stuff is spiritual warfare like we all go through spiritual warfare every day through fighting temptation um through just these, these things that come our way where we have to choose good or evil. We have to choose light or darkness. And this is this battle that we are constantly in. And a lot of times whenever um, one of the battles that we, that we see the most is our battle with temptation. And so like, like myself, I struggle with temptation when I get when I get stressed and tired, which is why this week was an absolute miracle. Because if you want to ask if I was stressed or tired this week, the, the answer would be yes, probably one of the most stressful and tiring weeks of my life. Um, not getting much sleep and the stress of the, of the uh, flights and the stress of, you know, my daughter breaking her arm. It was just kind of a stressful week, but it was just supernatural because like every time temptation g- came to me, I was able to resist it by nothing but the grace of God, because I definitely wasn't strong enough in those times. And it reminds me of the story, um, one of the, the best stories of spiritual warfare um, and dealing with temptation is Jesus in the desert. So before Jesus starts his public ministry, he goes out into the desert and he goes for 40 days and for 40 nights. And if you've probably heard the story before, where you know, he fasts for 40, no, no food, no water, um, And at the end of these 40 days is where Satan or the evil one comes and he offers Jesus all of creation. He says, oh, if you just bow to me, I'll give you all this world. Oh, if you like you're you're Jesus, if you jump off this temple, the angels will 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 come and catch you. And Jesus is always able to rebuke what what Satan is saying, because a lot of what Satan is saying is actually like distorted truth. You know, Satan is known as the deceiver. And he's distorting these truths to Jesus, and Jesus is always able to answer back with Scripture. And what's, what's really interesting, too, about this story is that Satan offers Jesus all of creation. Um, who owns all of creation? Yeah, that would be Jesus. So Satan's offering him something that he already owns, that he already controls, um, just, <laughs> just to try to get him to bow to him. So Jesus is like, uh, no. Uh, but what does this look like for us? So, whenever we get tired and stressed, like like maybe you, I would guess that you've probably eaten or drinking something in the last forty days. But whenever we get stressed and tired, whenever we're, um, it, it, it gets a little harder to fight temptation. So when we get to this spiritual warfare. Um, we need, we need something to fight with. And we're actually going to um, go into a break here. And when we come back, we're going to have an interview with my good friend, Jennifer Stavanoa, just about her experience with, with spiritual warfare, her experience um, just in her life and her prayer and what spiritual warfare is and how we can fight it. Welcome back to Forte Catholic with Taylor Schroll and our first live show. So as I promised, we are going to uh, the next this segment, we're going to be moving into an interview with my good friend, Jennifer Stavanoa. Um, she couldn't be here with me tonight. So I interviewed her the other day in our office. So um, Jennifer is a great, great friend of mine. She's going to be telling her story about um spiritual warfare and how she uh fights against it so without further ado here is my good friend jennifer
1: well i'm a missionary i'm one of the missionaries with the blaze ministries and uh as a missionary i work at saint joseph catholic school i'm one of the campus ministers there
0: awesome awesome how long have you been doing that
1: so this is my second full year. I've I've been at a blaze though. I think this is my fourth year at a blaze. But I've been at the school. This is my second year at the school.
0: Oh, awesome! So, uh, what drives you to do something like this to be in ministry?
1: Well, honestly, it comes from my own um, just experience with God and where I've been in the past and where he's where God's led me, um, and it's just a desire to share that. Just so many. I just see so many youth who want more in their life and maybe don't even realize that they want more in their life and i want to show them that it's god that it's jesus that brings them that abundant life that they can have that's free for the taking so i'm a missionary because i want people to experience what i've experienced
0: (laughs) that's awesome so have you been catholic your whole life
1: yeah i've been catholic my whole life um born and raised catholic school pretty much my entire life uh, but didn't have a conversion until high school, um, and then God just kind of took it from there. Just a lot of mini-conversions through high school and college. Um, but, yeah, he, he really kind of took off um, when I was about 16 years old.
0: Oh, awesome. What what, what did that look like?
1: So I uh, had the opportunity. It was really like uh, God kind of placed in my path a, a opportunity to go to a Steubenville conference, uh, the Franciscan University of Steubenville puts on conferences all over the United States. Thousands of teenagers every year go to these conferences. And um, I, uh, a friend of mine said, hey Jennifer, you wanna come with me? I'm going to this thing in Arizona. It's called the Stummelville Youth Conference. And her, her brother had dropped out. He had already paid, and so I got to go for free. Oh,
0: that's the best. <laughs>
1: and so I was like, okay, yeah, sure, a week, you know, with a bunch of other teenagers. It was, you know, a lot of fun. And so I went not really knowing what to expect, but um, God just kind of blew my mind to adoration and just revealed himself and showed me how very real he is. And that was really, like, the breaking point for me, the turning point of, okay, like, God is real. And um, because he's real, he died for me and he loves me. And so that means my life has to look different. And so since then, like I said, lots of mini conversions since then, but that was the moment that he reveals himself.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, Jennifer and I have known each other for a very long time, and I've had a, I had a real similar experience going to a student book conference. I grew up in the church, but never really meant anything until I encountered God at that student book conference. And I've actually been following Jennifer around for many, many years. Uh, she's a year older than me. We went to um, undergrad together, and then she went to grad school, and then I went to grad school with the same place she did. And then she started working here at Ablaze, and then I did the same thing yeah, so I've been, right. <laughs> I've, been, I've been stalking Jennifer for many years but um, so Jennifer today we're talking about spiritual warfare So I've, if I just asked you what is spiritual warfare what would you say?
1: Um, I would say well I would say um, people experience spiritual warfare in different things but mainly it's when Satan sees that uh, something is moving in our lives that that God, Obviously, we know that God loves us and He desires to have a uh, he, de- he desires us and has a plan for us. And Satan wants to come in and kind of take over that and tell us that we're not worth anything, that um, we have no reason to be courageous or to be bold, but instead to live in fear. Um, so, spiritual warfare is really when Satan is trying to hijack our relationship with God. And turn it around and um, paralyze us from moving any further and so sometimes to us it feels like we're standing stagnant but in reality if we're not moving forward we're moving backward and so so in um, just experiencing spiritual warfare I mean it can happen in just in daily lives with with different temptations the struggles that we face um, every time we are tempted to do something, that's a form of spiritual warfare, or not do something that's a, a form of spiritual warfare. But really, it's uh, Satan trying to hijack our relationship with God and move us away from our destiny in heaven.
0: Wow. Sounds like something you know quite a bit about and something you've experienced. So um, how has this come up like in your life? How has spiritual warfare, like? how has the evil one tried to attack you?
1: Well, I would say it's actually started um, pretty at a pretty young age. Um, My, I come from a family, like I said, I grew up Catholic, but, um, my parents got divorced when I was in junior high, Uh as many of our listeners probably have experienced before. Um, and in that experience of my parents getting divorced, um, I believed the lie that, um, I was abandonable because my dad abandoned me, that I was not worthy of love because it felt like my dad didn't love me. And, um... Throughout junior high and high school, I just, I did everything I could to just capture my dad's attention. I was uh, first chair in band and first chair in choir and (laughs) did track and cross country and was top 10 of my class and uh, nothing, I felt felt like I couldn't really earn my dad's love, but um, as I was trying to do this, I kind of bought into that lie that um, my worth comes from what I do and that my worth comes from my successes and even how many people liked me um, instead of obviously my worth being you know I'm worthy because I'm a child of God that was not in my head at all so Satan really had a grasp at a young age because of this, this trauma in my family divorces is you know you know in uh, in the Catholic world we talk about one of the greatest evils in our time being abortion But divorce is a close second because it's the murder of a family and um, so what I experienced and my sisters experienced as well was this these lies coming into our lives and we my sisters and I experienced it in different ways but um, these lies coming into our lives and and telling us you're not good enough and you have to earn love you have to earn worth and that line of thinking from a very young age affected us i mean it really it still affects many of all of us today but we kind of have a better grasp on this is a lie from the devil but um one particular story comes to mind when um i was in grad school I, i still i at this point i was aware of satan's kind of grasp in in my life and i had been really trying to fight against this notion that okay I'm not worthy of love, and um, I had this friendship in grad school, and this friendship was, I mean, in some in some ways, really good because I, I learned so much from this friend, um, but at the same time, I started to believe the lie that if this friendship wasn't going as I wanted it to go, or if they wanted to spend time with someone else other than me, then there was my worth, like my worth was as much as this person wanted to spend time with me. Yeah, similar
0: life from, from your father. Yeah. Yes.
1: And, uh, and obviously it was many years afterwards, so you can see how Satan had a real grasp on that part of me um, and really taking control of that part of me. But um, so it got to the point, I remember it was in March, it got to the point where um, I, I remember like walking down this path. One day and experiencing this like hurt and pain and jealousy and standing there on that path and thinking, I don't know what the right thing is. Like, you know, normally when we have a decision to make or like even are um, even are confronted with some kind of sin, we know what the right decision is, (laughs) whether or not we decide to make the right decision. But our conscience knows like this is the right thing. But I remember standing there and thinking, I don't know what's right anymore. And so that that was a huge example of how Satan had this grasp on my life. And so after that moment, I decided I just need to spend some time with God. And uh, so I, I went out to this golf course and at Franciscan, uh, which is where I went to grad school. We had this kind of abandoned golf course, but it was like trees, rolling hills, like a river. Not a very pretty river, but it was a river. <laughs> Good um, old
0: Steubenville Rivers. <laughs> yeah, the
1: pollution, but you know, it was it was nice. So I would go out there to pray sometimes. So I, I go out there, and um, I just sat in the grass, and I just started to pray. Um, and I actually really encourage this exercise for any of you who might struggle with something similar. But um, I just started to imagine all of the times that I felt abandoned, and all the times that I felt alone. Um, and i tried to imagine where is jesus in this moment i i don't know where he is in my situation right now but in all of those times in the past that i felt jealous or uh just not worth anything where is jesus in that moment and so i just kind of took like 20 minutes to pray jesus where are you in this moment and i was just praying and kind of to my left i suddenly heard this rustle in the grass And so I I look to my left and you know, like, like if you're going on a walk or something, you see like a stick. And you think, snake, stick. (laughs) But this time, I saw snake, stick, snake. Because it was an actual (laughs) snake. And it was looking right at me. And it was sitting right next to me. And it struck at me. And, like, thank goodness, because I was sitting down it missed. And so I jumped up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, Like, I'm not afraid of snakes. That's not a problem. But I have a problem when one tries to strike at me. That's not okay. So I'm like i'm like staring the snake down and he is not moving and we're just like maybe like three feet away from each other and i don't know what to do because this snake is like stand like you know how snakes stand like they don't like obviously have legs but they kind of like hover and he was like hovering at me with his little tongue like you know what i mean like <laughs> like coming out at me and his eyes were looking directly at my eyes and, uh, and I did not move, did not take uh, like a single step towards the snake and suddenly he strikes at me again. And of course, like at this point I'm like standing up. So I jump back and obviously he misses and we're just staring at each other. And for those of you that know about snakes, this is highly unusual behavior <laughs> for a snake because they normally don't attack unless they're provoked. And I don't, I make it a point not to provoke snakes. You know what I mean? So I, I was just like, this is super weird. And so I'm standing there staring at the snake, and it's staring at me, and it is not moving, and I'm not moving, and I'm just like, what do I do? And um, suddenly I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. And so I start yelling at the snake, and uh, as if it were Satan. Satan, you don't have control over my life. I know that it's a lie that I'm abandonable. I know that it's a lie that I'm not worthy, that I'm not worthy of love. Guess what, Satan? I am a daughter of God. God loves me. He's created me with dignity and a purpose and a plan, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so I just, everything that I knew that was true, I just started yelling at it and started calling out the lies. And this snake did not move. It just stared at me
0: probably confused it
1: probably very confused (laughs) but I figured you know like Satan comes like in Genesis Satan comes as a snake or serpent but uh so I when I was done yelling at it I was kind of like so there and I just backed away a little bit more and turned around and walked away and um I walked off to this other part of the golf course where there was no snake and I, I just felt like I really just need to say Hail Marys not even a rosary just like a bunch of Hail Marys so I start praying these Hail Marys just Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee and just start praying it over and over and over again until I kind of felt like better um, and so I you know decide okay I'm, I'm gonna go home because it's getting late and I'm tired so I turn around and I walk away and it was the weirdest thing but like I can barely even explain it I, ha- I have a hard time explaining this but I didn't see it with my eyes. It was like, it was like I saw it with like my spirit. I was walking in this golf course, which is all green. The trees are green. The grass is green. And suddenly, I was just came, became very aware of just the entire golf course filled with these huge, just white skyscraper angels. They're not like your grandma's baby little cherubs that are on her piano. <laughs> are, these are like huge skyscraper warrior angels there none of them looking at me They're we're all walking together in the same direction and um at that moment i felt the presence of mary as queen of angels that she is a warrior and that she is going to lead these angels into battle to fight for me and i at that moment i just started crying i realized oh my goodness mary is leading this battle uh, against satan against these lies that i've had for my entire life um even after many conversions and um I realized how great that battle is because of the enormity of angels that were present and just this huge army and I realized oh my goodness this battle is going to be huge and it's not over and it's it's probably going to get worse and it it did get worse it was hard it got harder but um through the rest of it as I was dealing with it I was able to call upon Mary call upon our angels to help me, to save me, to give me comfort. And so um, that was just a huge wake-up call about what a, a powerful role that Mary plays in our spiritual warfare and she's praying for us and fighting for us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, the, si- the situation, like... Improved, but it didn't, you know, everything wasn't roses after that, as you mentioned. And it is so interesting because I think a lot of times people think that, oh, once you're a Christian, like everything will be easier. Like Jesus promises that things will get harder, but he also promises that he'll always be with us. And I I see that in your story. Um, So besides yelling at snakes, what would you like suggest on how to um, battle spiritual warfare?
1: First thing, go to confession.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. I need to do that.
1: Yes. First thing, go to confession. Um, Nothing stings more than a guilty conscience. Um, of course, Satan can use that in his power to make us feel guilty for things that God has already forgiven us for. That's huge, huge way that he, God tries to, uh, I mean, uh, that Satan tries to, to tempt us and lead us away from God. Um, uh, there, there's a, this quote that I heard. Um, it's on a album a house of heroes album but there's this quote that says your greatest sin is not the abortion that you've asked forgiveness for or your adultery or whatever it is in your life that you've done your greatest sin is not that your greatest sin is not believing in god's word when god says you're forgiven oh, wow. and so that that right there is one of satan's greatest tactics is to tell us after we've been forgiven that you're still guilty and that Satan uses that in all these aspects of our lives to try and pull us away from God. So first thing, first thing you got to do, go to confession. Know that your conscience is clear. Know that you're right with God. Um, the next thing, the next thing is to ha- actually have a relationship with God. Have, have a daily prayer life. Even if, even if you don't feel anything or God's not talking to you, just show up. God is pouring out his graces upon you even if you don't feel it. Um, and, and Be diligent um don't be lazy in your prayer I'm guilty of that but be diligent um Satan is cunning and he knows our weaknesses and um he will work when we are sleeping when we fail to keep up to our promises to God so those are those are like the main things I would say awesome yeah and like
0: the cool thing about this war is that it's already been won like Jesus Jesus already won this war on the cross and like buying into that, like that confidence that, that that with Christ that we can get through this. So, um, yeah. So thanks for thanks for sharing. Thanks for being here. Yeah. I, I appreciate you being here on our first show, and uh, it's 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 an honor. And, and thanks for sharing with us. No problem. So I want to thank Jennifer for coming on to the show. Uh, thank thank her for her encouraging words and for her story. Um, Our next segment, we're gonna continue this conversation on spiritual warfare, how to battle spiritual warfare. If you want to call in with with how you've battled spiritual warfare, what helps you the most, call 85 Love Red C. That's 855-683-7332. We'll see you in just a sec. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. So we are talking today about spiritual warfare. If you want to join in this conversation. About spiritual warfare here in our last little segment. If you want to give us a call, eight five five six eight three seven three three two. That's eight five love red or If you want to tweet at me at Taylor Schroll s c h r o l l, you can tweet at me. Just uh, just what's going on? Like how how have you fought spiritual warfare, and what seems to help you th- get through those times? So, um, just as we begin this segment, I just want to just kind of focus a little bit, like in our. Interview Jennifer was talking about her story of spiritual warfare and just some things um, some suggestions on how to fight in this spiritual battle um, and I think a lot about like okay we're going into spiritual warfare, so what does an actual war look like? like what do you need to do to prepare for war? like first of all, you need to have a tactic, you need to have uh, people to fight, you need um, to put on your armor, you need to um, be prepared, you need to train for these sorts of things so the first thing that kind of comes into my mind is uh, when we're talking about preparing for the spiritual warfare, the spiritual battle, is um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse, tens through eight, verse 10 through 18. It's talking about the armor of God. So I want to kind of talk about that just for a little while. And it starts, it says, finally, draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power. Okay, so first, of, first off, like we often try to get our strength from ourselves. Um, like, I struggle with pride, and I think I can do it all on my own, and then I, I get reminded over and over again that I definitely cannot, and I definitely fail in that. So our strength needs to come from God. So as Jennifer was saying in, in our in our interview, it's like, we need to draw our strength from our relationship with God, from our prayer life, from going to Mass on Sundays, from praying every day. Um, and it continues, it says, put on the armor of God, so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. So we've been talking today about how the devil wants to attack us and take us away from our relationship with the Father, and he's going to come and tempt us and put things in our way so that our relationship with him is stunted or is, there's, there's something put in between that. But God is saying, if you want to stand firm in this, put on my armor. Like, let me help you, because God knows that, That we can't do this on our own. Like, angels are very, very powerful beings, and Satan is a fallen angel. So, by himself and by ourselves, Satan is stronger than us. But with God on our side and God on our team, like, Satan's nothing. Like, as long as we are fighting this battle with God's help, we can definitely win it. Paul continues in Ephesians he says, For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but is with principalities and powers and world rulers with the present darkness and with evil. So he's saying like, okay, maybe we don't always see these things. Like, you know, we don't often, every time we're tempted to go, you know, eat fast food on our way home, spend money and not eat well, or if we're um, tempted to sin, like there's not a little devil that pops up out of there. and am like, hey, you should do this. Like, these are things that we can't see, but that are definitely very, very real. So Paul continues, Therefore, put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist on the evil day, and having done everything to hold your ground. So stand fast with your loins girded in truth. So, this is where we start with our uh, putting on our armor. If you've heard this before, like you can imagine. Just yourself putting on this armor. If you're preparing to go out into, the ba- into battle, like you need to put on a helmet. You need to put on a breastplate. You need to put on pants. That's always good advice for any situation. Put on pants. But um, So he says, so stand fast with your loins girded in truth. So if we're going to fight against spe- uh, these, these principalities, against evil, against temptation, we're going to need to know the truth. Because how can we look at something or hear something and... Know whether it's good or not if we don't know the truth. So we saw this in, in, in the story that I was mentioning earlier with Jesus in the desert, like Satan was twisting truth, and Jesus, because he knew the scriptures, was able to respond back with the truth to stand up against that temptation. Paul continues that we need to be clothed, clothed with righteousness as a breastplate. So to kind of protect ourselves, we have to be clothed in righteousness. Like, so what is righteous? It means being like in right standing with God. So if we're in right standing with God, if we're living according to uh, what God calls us to live, then we'll be, then we'll be guarded from the arrows, from, from the things trying to pierce our armor. And he says, your feet shod in readiness for the gospel of peace. So first of all, what does the gospel mean? It means good news, right? So our feet need to be ready... To live in this gospel, to live in the good news, which is an interesting thing because oftentimes we're sitting in church and just by the way people are sitting in mass and reacting, it doesn't often look like good news. It looks either like boring news or sad news, but here's the deal. Like Jesus came to bring good news. He was saying that there is a current ruler of the world, Satan, and I have come and the good news is I have defeated that evil. I have defeated death so that you can live in life. And you can live in the truth and have the life that I meant for you. Paul continues, he says, In all circumstances, hold your faith as a shield to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So, a lot of times, okay, maybe we try to do the right thing. We try to pray. We try to build up a prayer life. We go to Mass, but things just still keep happening. Things still keep trying to come at us and take our joy, take our, that add stress to our lives. But God wants us to just hold faith as a shield, to hold on, like, God, I trust in you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what is happening, but I trust in you, and I trust that you are bigger than the situation that I am in right now. Paul continues in Ephesians chapter 6, saying, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So that our helmet, what is protecting our head is knowing that God has come and given us this great um, invitation to salvation. Jesus came and died, rose again, sent us his spirit, and, and he died to save us. And he gave us everything that we need to live in a way where we can be with him forever. And he also gave us the sword of the spirit. This is one of my favorite ones. I, I kind of wish I was, I was, uh, I, I kind of think I was born in the wrong era. I kind of think I I would have like excelled in the night days where I could just like swing a sword all the time. But this is what God says. He says that this that the sword is the word of God. And I feel like so often, and I think it's improved a lot, but so often as Catholics, we don't spend enough time. Reading the Bible, reading this word of God, where we can get our power, where we can get um, th- our, our strength from. I think a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters know this. Like, they know that like, the Bible is so big and so important in their lives. But a lot of times for Catholics, it's like, okay, we go to Mass, we have the sacraments, which are all good and well, good things. And the Mass is like 97% of everything that we say is almost straight out of the Bible. But I think a lot of times, like you and I, just as like regular lay Catholic people, like we need to be dedicated to reading the Word of God. There are great like devotionals um, where you can just kind of read a little bit in the morning or a little bit at night. um, Great apps on your phone just to be able to 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 have this power, this sword of the Spirit, which teaches us the truth and gives us power, so that that can just be fed into us every day. Paul finishes up saying, with all prayer and supplication, uh, pray at every opportunity in the spirit. So the last thing that he says, like, look, all this really boils down to is prayer. And what is prayer? It's our relationship with God. So if you want to be able to be strong and stand up against temptation to fight and win these spiritual battles, get close to God, stay close to God, lean on him because you and I aren't strong enough to do it on our own. So there's a couple of practical things that I just kind of wanted to walk through um, when these, these temptations and these spiritual warfare things just kind of pop up. And I was working at a, a camp called Deer Creek Camp. It's out in Medina, Texas, a small little town run by a Catholic deacon. And I was out there one day, and there was a priest there here in confessions, and he was teaching on spiritual warfare. And what he said, I will never, ever, ever forget. And it was just this prayer of like what to do when you're faced with temptation. So if you're like you know for somebody who is tempted to to drink too much or to smoke or something like when you're in that scenario what would you say? And you would say it's just a real easy process. In the name of Jesus I send the spirit of blank so the spirit of whatever that temptation is, whether it's uh, lust or hatred or or um, or l- laziness or whatever it is, I send the spirit of blank bad thing immediately to the feet of Jesus, and I ask for the grace of whatever the opposite of that is. So if you're feeling this anger and and this hate well up in you, you can just say a quick prayer like, God, in the name of Jesus, I send the spirit of hate immediately to the feet of Jesus, and I ask for the grace. Of love, Because so often, you and I are just like the, the Israelites whenever they're leaving Egypt. We're freed from slavery. We're freed. They, they were literally slaves in Egypt building pyramids. They were freed from that, and they were wandering in the desert. They were freed for the Holy Land, and God was teaching them how to be his people. But they just wandered in the desert, wandered in the desert, wandered in the desert, and they, they said the most ridiculous thing of all time. They told Moses, can we go back to Egypt and be slaves? I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I look at it and I don't get that story. But then I look at my life and I'm like, oh. I do the same thing. Where I get freed from something. I get freed from a sin. But I don't recognize what I've been freed for. And so I wander in the desert and after a time where I'm just kind of in the middle, I end up choosing to go back into slavery, to that sin. I fall back into that temptation. So if you want to be freed for something and to use this opportunity of temptation to grow closer to God, it's not just resisting the temptation, but it's asking to grow in the opposite of that. So in the name of Jesus, I send the spirit of lust immediately to the feet of Jesus, and I ask for the grace of purity of chastity. You can insert whatever you struggle with there, pick the opposite of it, and pray with it. So all, you know, today is um, the feast day of St. Francis. St. Francis, uh, there's a great story of him whenever he's resisting temptation, fighting in the spiritual battle. Um, it's not something that I've ever done. but So what he was doing, he was walking along one day, And he uh, was tempted to sin. So he had a decision to make. Either he could sin, or he could kind of give himself some negative reinforcement so as to not sin. So he jumped into a thorn bush. Now, I may have been pushed into a thorn bush as a kid, but I've never on my own just jumped into a thorn bush. But this is how serious St. Francis was about not sinning. He would rather jump into a thorn bush than to fall into temptation. I just thought that was a neat little story as we celebrate celebrate his feast today. So my my, my final um, saint that I just wanted to share with you, I grew up in a parish called St. Michael's. And St. Saint, saint Michael is this big, powerful angel. And it's so funny because a lot of times when, in paintings, he looks like girly. Uh, With like, you know, uh, like long flowing locks. But like I love these paintings when he's super manly and a warrior because that's actually his job. He's the prince of angels. He's this warrior angel. And his job is to lead the armies of angels against the armies of devils. And uh, he has God on his side. So he tends to win that battle. So there's this prayer that I just kind of wanted to introduce to you. If you've heard it before, as you're just driving in your car, or you're sitting in your house uh, listening to this, I just wanted to pray this with you. Um, just, and as we do so, I just want you to imagine like, and think about the things that you've been struggling with in the last week, in the last month, whatever's stressing you out, whatever temptations you've had. And just as we, as we pray this together, um, just bring those to God and, and ask um, him to send St. Michael to help you um, fight in these battles through the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. And may God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So just to kind of review our day, the, the, the biggest part of this is like there is a prize at stake in this battle. You know, most wars are fought for something. They're fought for freedom. They're fought for land. They're fought for um, oil. <laughs> they're fought for all sorts of things. But like what we are fighting for is our souls. What we're fighting for is heaven. And in this battle, Satan wants you to think two things. Number one, he isn't real and he has no power, like he doesn't exist. Or the exact opposite, that he is so real, so big, and so powerful. And he wants to do this so he he takes our our focus off of the victory that Christ has already won for us. So the truth is somewhere in the middle. Satan is real, but God is bigger. God is more powerful. He is stronger. So if we hold fast to him, if we lean into him, he will help us win this war. Just a final reminder from St. Peter. He tells us to be sober and watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaming lion seeking someone to devour. Like this battle is real. Satan does not want you growing closer to God. He does not want you listening to this Catholic radio station. He does not want you to grow in your prayer. The devil is real and he wants to destroy you and me by any means possible. And that's why it's so important for us to allow God to win this battle for us to for us to be able to fight back in this so i want to thank you for listening to our our first show here today live from the red sea radio universal <laughs> network <laughs> and uh, I just want to just kind of introduce uh next week um next week we will be talking about um catholicism and 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 um and how we kind of relate to our other Christian brothers and sisters. Um, So a a good friend of mine named Allison Sullivan is going to come in. We're going to be, I'm going to interview her. She is actually a convert from um, being non-Catholic to uh, a non-Catholic Christian to being a Catholic. And I just want to talk to her about her experience with that and what um, she learned in that process, what made her be Catholic, and then some of the things that she might have learned from her time being a Protestant that has helped her become a better Catholic and be a better Catholic and, and what we can learn from each other. Cause I think, you know, God has given us the beauty of his church. He's given us the fullness of truth and the, the evil one wants to come in and, 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 and create this disunity, right? But we're all God's family. We're all God's children. He wants us to um, just grow closer to him. And I think we can do that together. So um, until then, thank you for listening. I want to thank Red Sea for giving me this opportunity. Thank Jake Blazek uh, for being our uh, producer here. Um, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta at Taylor Schroll. Thanks for listening to Forte Catholic. You can find out more on fortecatholic.com slash radio. See you next week.